fantastic to you today. I think the last time actually Paul was here was the beginning of last year, and uh, I wasn't able to be here. I was um, kicking up my heels in New York <laughs> with my four daughters because it was my 60th birthday. So whenever you're, whenever you, <laughs> Paul says I told him I was 50. <laughs> Uh, so when you're when you're when you turn 60, you're allowed to kick up your heels. But it's wonderful to be here um, with you today, and uh, it's just great to renew friendship again. Leon has already talked a little bit about the new year, and you know the sort of things that go on at the beginning of a new year, and how people talk about uh, New Year's resolu resolutions, and how quickly they go out of the window. You know, I was just thinking at the beginning of this year. I think I'll try every day to go out, even for a short walk, just get a little bit of exercise, just a short walk. And then the other day I looked out the door and it was belting rain and I thought, no, I don't think so. <laughs> and it's just amazing how quickly those, um, those ideas and resolutions that you make just disappear into the ether. But I was thinking at the beginning of the year, and maybe this is because I'm getting older, you know, Lord, another year, and I really do want to make it count for you. And as I was thinking about that, I thought, you know, what is it that helps us um, make it count? And as I, as I thought about it, I thought, you know, it's, it's really understanding our passion, understanding what we're passionate about and giving ourselves to that. Um, that I love, I actually love passionate people. I find that if people are, have a passion about something, I kind of hang on to their coattails, even if it's something that I do anything about. I have a friend who is really passionate about horticulture and gardening and stuff, and I couldn't grow a thing to save my life. But whenever I'm around her, I think I could, you know, um, have a wee plot and grow vegetables and do the whole stuff. I mean, she totally inspires me. Now, some people say, oh, passionate people do my head, and I just find them exhausting to be around, you know. In fact, we had a guy come over. He was actually a guest speaker, and he was with us for the weekend. And no matter what you mentioned, he knew about it, and he was passionate about it. And I, even I said to Paul at the end of the weekend, his poor wife must be exhausted. <laughs> um, so, you know, sometimes we can, we can think that it's to do with a personality type. But the more I thought about it and, and thought about what scripture says, I thought, you know, this, this isn't a personality type. This isn't that some of us tend to be sort of enthusiasts and passionate people and the rest of us just sort of muddle through life. I actually think that we were all created to be passionate and to have passion because the Bible tells us that we are created in the image of God. And because we are created in his image, we are image bearers. And as image bearers, God is a passionate God. He's passionate. He's passionate about you and I. Can I just, you see that I love to see my audience, and I can't cope when I can't see you. You see that light there that is very, very bright? Is there any chance that we could bring that down? And if we can, that would be wonderful, because I just want to look into your faces. <laughs> um, we, are, we are in relationship 
with a passionate God, with a God who is passionate about us, who loves us more than we can really ever fully understand or know. And and I think when you start to understand how passionate God is about us and that, that he's a God not only who is passionate about us and loves us, but actually, you know, that story that Jesus told about the shepherd who goes out to look for the lost sheep. He is so passionate about us that he is a pursuing God, that he runs after us. He runs after us when we don't know him, but even as Christians, as we are his children, if you know, if we have grown a little bit cold in heart, he pursues us. He doesn't let us go. And um, we have, whenever you become grandparents, all you want to do is talk about your grandchildren. And uh, we have now four grandchildren, and our eldest um, is five next Saturday. And about a year ago, she was said, Granny, I heard about the story about the shepherd, and she heard about it at church. And she said, and you know, he went after the wee lost sheep. And he went, and the sheep had fallen into a hole and was going, oh, I'm in a hole, help me, help me, help me. And he came along and he lifted the sheep out of the hole and he put the sheep on his shoulders and took him back home and gave him a wee cup of tea and a, and a piece of chocolate cake. <laughs> so that was her version of um, the lost sheep. I, uh, I would be up for that. Anybody who would give me chocolate cake, I'm, I'm with them. But, you know, that's the sort of God that you and I are in relationship with, a God who is passionate about us. So whenever I'm talking about this this morning, don't look at me and say, oh, Priscilla, that's not the sort of person I am. You're obviously a wee bit of an enthusiast about stuff. It's not really me. Whether we're introverts or extroverts, however God has shaped us or made us, you are an image bearer and you carry a passion in your heart. And if you discover that passion and give yourself for that passion this year, in this year, you will, make, you will not only find that you are changed, but you will make a difference. You know, we are... When we become Christians, we come into a relationship with God. And when you're in a relationship with God, we believe that God is a God who speaks. And he speaks not only through the Bible, but he speaks to us through his Holy Spirit. And we, we are in that kind of living relationship with a God who speaks. And in the New Testament, it also talks about how in the family of God and in the church, the Holy Spirit comes and he comes with his gifts and he brings gifts to the church. And one of the gifts that he gives is a gift called prophecy. And the the prophetic gifting is all about encouraging people. It's about getting alongside people and hearing from God and saying, you know, God really wants to encourage encourage you. Well, I find sometimes when I'm doing this sort of thi a thing, the Lord sort of gives me a little nudge and says, I want you to encourage everybody, Priscilla, but there's some people that I just have a particular word of encouragement for. So if I pick you out this morning, it is not to embarrass you, but it is so that you will hear what God's heart is for you. And um, so with that in mind, as I'm talking about those who have, who have passion and are finding passion and who will make a difference, there's a young woman and you're sitting right here and you've got glasses on. Yes, yes. <laughs> if, if you go like this, then I know that you know that I'm talking to you. <laughs> 
And I just feel like the Lord wants to remind you this morning that you are an image bearer. God has made you in his image. And there is a passion on the inside of you. And I think that some of that passion, you haven't yet, as yet, even been able to fully express it. In other words, hopes and dreams that are on the inside of you that you haven't fully walked in yet. But the Lord has put those hopes and dreams on the inside of you. And and God says, I feel like this year will be a year when some things start to shift and are put in place and things will change. And some of those hopes and dreams, you will start to see them coming about. The first stage of some of that stuff. And I just feel too that you're you're someone who will pass, pass on the passions that are on the inside of you. Um, you know, I don't think you're a woo-woo-woo girl, you know, maybe you know who would want to be standing at the front, but there is a deep passion in you and that you have the ability to pass that on to others and that there's the call of God in your life is about making a difference in other people's lives and that God says, I'm going to sort some things out this year and put some things in place so that the passion that is in your heart will be able to be expressed in a much fuller way. And so for all of us, because we are image bearers, God says that there's passion within us, but it's about finding that passion and how do we find that And actually, in the New Testament, we are encouraged to keep that passion alive. I just want to read to you from Romans. And it's in Romans chapter 12. And it says this from verse 9. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another. Honor one another above ourselves, above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Never be lacking in zeal or passion. Keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. And so at the beginning of this year, I suppose I just want to come alongside you and say, if you know the Lord and you have a relationship with him, are you still passionate about him? And if there's any lack of passion that maybe today, maybe this morning, we could come to him afresh and say, Lord, I have grown a wee bit tired. I've even grown a little bit disillusioned. I just need you to come to you afresh and allow you to fill me and reignite that passion in my heart. Because essentially, although we, we want to discover what our individual passion is, It begins, if we want to find out our passion, our individual passion, it's got to begin with a passionate relationship with Jesus. That's where it's got to start. If we want to find passion, it's got to be through an intimate relationship with the Lord. All passion begins here. In fact, when Jesus was talking to his disciples before he went to the cross, he described the love that he had for them and how he wanted them to live in that love. He, he, he talked about, you know, abiding, remaining in my love, living in it on a daily basis. So that when you wake up every day, knowing that there's a God in heaven who is passionate about you, who loves you and couldn't love you anymore, then something of that 
compassion starts to take hold of your heart. And the Bible does say that we only love him because he loved us first. And when you get a glimpse on it and you start to grasp the extent of God's passion for you, then I think it releases you and releases you to discover not just a fresh passion for the Lord, but also what he has put in your heart. The, in other words, he, he has something for us to walk in and to be fulfilled in in our lives and to discover what that is really means that we can make our lives count. But it begins with a passionate relationship with the Lord because Jesus says, you know, you, when you come into relationship with me, you become my friends. And I want to talk to you and I want to reveal to you what is on God's heart. I mean, we sang about it in our worship this morning, you know, that we want, want our heart to be able to love the way God loves. We want to be able to know the things that God is passionate about so that we can become passionate about them as well. And I really believe that all passion begins here. It begins in a, with a relationship with Jesus Christ. Maybe if there's anybody here and you haven't even begun that journey, I would say to you this morning, how wonderful at the beginning of a new year to say, do you know, I would love to explore what it's like to have a relationship with this Jesus who loved me so much that he went to the cross to die for me. I think it's interesting, you know, in some, um, in some circles, in some churches, when you think about Jesus dying for us, they actually they talk about it as the passion of Christ. That's how it's described, the passion of Christ. Jesus was so passionate about us that he died for us. And once we get that, then we start to be released into the thing that he has called us to and what we were created for. And then sometimes as Christians, it is easy to lose our passion. I mean, didn't um, the Lord write to that church in Revelation, the church of Laodicea, and he talked about them. He says, you're not hot, you're not cold, you're sort of lukewarm. And in fact, he was saying, hot's good, cold's good, but Lukewarm isn't good for very much at all. And he says, I want, I want you to have your first love restored again. And, and so this morning, for those of us who are in a relationship with the Lord, maybe to just take a moment of reflection and say, where am I in my relationship with you, Lord? You know, how passionate do I feel about you today? And to maybe come again and, and look again at all that he has done for us and all that he has poured out on us and say, Lord, you're an amazingly passionate God and I just want you to restore to me something of that passion. It begins in an intimate relationship with the Lord. And then I really think that passion comes as well through an encounter with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is an amazing person. He comes, I mean, there's so many words associated with him in scripture. One of the most, uh, the one that's associated with, with him most is power. And 
where the Holy Spirit is, there, there is a power released. And I mean, John the Baptist talked about um, being baptized with fire. And he ta- that, when he was talking about that, he was talking about the Holy Spirit. And Jesus, when he talked to his disciples, when he was leaving after he'd been resurrected and was going back to heaven, he says, I want you to stay in Jerusalem because I want you to stay there until the Holy Spirit comes and he's going to come and he's going to fall on you and he's going to... It's, it's called in the Acts, it's called being baptized in the Holy Spirit. And what that simply means is being completely immersed and drenched in the Holy Spirit. I know that you baptize people here in this church. And if you've ever seen anybody baptized in water, I mean, they get dunked in the water. They get completely drenched in the water. And to be baptized in the Holy Spirit is to be completely drenched in the Holy Spirit. It's when you become a Christian, the Spirit of God comes and dwells in you. You can't become a Christian without the in your life. But when you ask the Lord to come and completely fill you, then he comes with his passion and he comes with his power. I would say that for me, I mean, it, it, when you read about it in the New Testament, it was the normal um, way that people entered into a relationship with God. They came, they had their sins forgiven, they were often baptized, they were baptized in water, and then along with that, we read about people being baptized in the Spirit. For me, being brought up in a pretty evangelical tradition, we believed in the Holy Spirit, we didn't talk about him too much, and we had him over in an little corner over there and, um, and and we were a little bit afraid of him and so it was quite a number of years after I'd become a Christian a lot of years after I became a Christian I encountered the Holy Spirit in my life and I was what I would describe as baptized in the Holy Spirit and you know something I always say it was like my Christian experience turned from black and white into color that that it just changed my viewpoint and changed my perspective because when the Holy Spirit comes, he births a passion in you. When the Spirit of God comes, he, he brings life. He brings vision for your life and then he gives you power to live it out. And And so, therefore, if some of us are sitting here this morning and thinking, well, you know, I am a bit lacking in passion. You know, I do feel a bit lukewarm this morning. Then I would encourage you, open up your heart and life to the Holy Spirit today and allow him to come and fill you and and bring light. And believe me, you know, when he comes, there's no, you, 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 you don't, you know, has he touched me? Has he not touched me? When he comes, you're in no doubt about it. He comes and he touches our lives. And he says, you know, you can do all things through me because I am a God of power. I'm a God of love. I'm a God of strength. Again, there's a young man and you're sitting by a lady with a lovely green and navy sweater on. I just really feel like the Lord wants to encourage you today that whenever I'm talking about the Holy Spirit, that he says he's got a fresh encounter for you with the Spirit of God. I feel like God's hand is on your life. And what God wants to do in you and through you, you cannot do it in your own strength. You have gifts and you have abilities, but you can't do this in your own strength. And God says to you, I want, it's 
I know that you believe in the Holy Spirit, but I just feel like the Lord has got it. Uh, this year particularly, he says, if you will pursue me, that thing about the pursuing God, I feel God is sort of on your heels at the minute and he's pursuing you because he, ha- he values you so highly and he has put so much into you. And I just feel too that the Lord would encourage you to get alongside some other young men in this church. I mean, you know, I'm looking at some of your younger leaders and I just feel as if the Lord is saying, if you will get alongside some of these guys and that, that they have something that they will impart to you because of God's call on your life and because of what God wants to do through you. But I really feel like this is going to be a season of encounter for you. And if you pursue him, he says, I am pursuing you and we are going to, um, I was going to say clash, but not clash in a bad sense, clash in a good sense. For all of us, if we want our passion restored, I think it involves an encounter with the Holy Spirit as well as an intimate relationship with the Lord. And then I think to discover what our own individual passion is, um, we, we do that through asking the Lord, you know, show me, help me to know myself. Help me to know how you've made me. I think whenever you know, you know, if you think about what is it that I I really love doing? What is it that really, you know, lights me up and, you know, and, and makes me feel, you know, I would really like to give myself to that. When you look at the desires of your heart, I think it reflects how God has designed you. You know, whatever your desires are, it it reflects design. And then when you understand how God has designed you, that will reveal your destiny. God doesn't, I was brought up in the school that said, you know, if there was something you didn't like doing, that's the very thing God would want you to be doing. (laughs) You know, you hate children, you can't bear them, you couldn't, can't be bothered with them. You're to work in the kids club. You, and, and that was the sort of school I was brought up in. God's always going to ask you to do the thing that you hate most. Um, I really believe that God designs us and he puts the desires in our hearts. And then he says, now discover what that is and then go for it and give yourself to, for, to it and live for it. Um, I was looking at our keyboard player this morning and you know, as we were worshiping, you could just see God's design in your life and the desire that is there. And just for you today, I feel like the Lord is saying, you know, as a young man with musical gifting and talent, there are many in the, you know, especially in the world that we're living in that, you know, use those and, and, and go for that and, and want to sort of get fame and fortune for themselves. But I just, as I watched you this morning, again, I felt there's a young man who's passionate about the Lord and the Lord's promise to you is seek first the kingdom of God, seek first the kingdom of God and all these things things will be added to you. I just sense that the Lord is saying there will be doors open in your life which will amaze you, but you aren't going to be the one that's going to be going kicking them down, that it's as you're focused on God, as you're focused on seeking his kingdom first. I just feel as if 
opportunities are going to open up for you. And I feel like the Lord is saying that in your generation, God has called you to be a role model of a young man who is prepared to nail his colors to the mast and say, this is who I am and not be ashamed of it and not be embarrassed about it and say, this is who I am and I'm gonna use my gifts for the kingdom of God. Seek first his kingdom. And so for all of us, as we are in that intimate relationship with the Lord as we let the Holy Spirit touch our lives and we say, Lord, help me know myself. Help me know. Sometimes it is hard and that's why I think these two mornings that Leon's talking about will be so helpful for people to think those things through. What am I passionate about and what can I give myself to? And and that in in itself will then help you to make decisions and set a course for your life. How do we find passion through knowing ourselves? But also, we find passion through other people. The church was never meant to be a place of isolation and just individuals all doing their own thing. This is a family. This, that we are meant to be helping and strengthening one another. So sometimes we find our passion through other people. As I said before, I just have to be around somebody who's passionate about something. I mean, that's my problem in the church. You know, when somebody gets up and talks about Alpha, I go, I want to do Alpha. And when somebody gets up and talks about prayer, oh, I want to learn to pray more. And I just, I just find that when people are passionate about something, it ignites it in other people. And in Scripture, there are those who ignite passion in others. You just think of Paul the Apostle, you know, as he got alongside his young disciple, Timothy. Do you not think that he ignited a pa- Paul had a passion for the church, and he ignited that passion in Timothy. And then he shared the passion with him, and, and as he began to mentor him, he also then began to live his life to be a blessing to the church. So we need those in the body of Christ who will ignite passion. Lauren, I know we prayed for you last night, but you are a woman who ignites passion in others. And Leon, that's true for you as well. And I think actually all across this room, I could point out people who ignite passion because you are an igniter of passion. You're not just an igniter of passion for the Lord and for the church, but there's something in you about the nations. And that is reflected in, in in this church. You have raised up men and women and young men and women who you've ignited passion in. And now it's up to that generation to begin to share that passion. You need to be around people. You know, if you, if you, if you take a coal out of a fire, it dies very, very quickly. But if it's right there in the middle and you're sharing your passion, we spark each other off. And, and Lauren, I just feel like you are going to ignite passion in many. But it's not enough to ignite it. It's that as you share it and you encourage people and you see the, the potential in them, that you will, you will also be one who raises up others who have that ability to ignite passion in other people too. So it is about igniting it, it's about sharing it. And then I think it's also, you know, about embracing it and saying, you know, I, God, you've shown me that this is the passion that's on the inside of me. Now, now help me to live it out. Help me to make a difference because that's the other thing about passion and I'm coming to an end. Passion isn't about feelings. 
we, we sometimes think, oh, well, there's, you know, there's some very emotional people around, and I am one of those emotional people, I have to admit it. But nevertheless, passion isn't just about feelings. It is about action. You know, passion isn't just about feeling things. Acting on, on, on what we see and what we know. That's what I think is so remarkable about that little letter that the Lord writes to that church in Laodicea where he says, you're neither hot nor, nor you're cold, you're lukewarm, I want to spit you out of, out of my mouth. Actually, just a wee background to that, that actually, they could understand that because it was linked to their water system. Their water system was, a, was lukewarm, it had to be piped in from a long way away, and it was filled with minerals, and it, was dis, it wasn't a good taste, and it was always lukewarm. And so they could get it when, when you know, God said, you're not cold, you're not hot, both of those things would be good, you're lukewarm, I want to spit you out of my mouth. But what he says to them is, he says, he doesn't say, I know your feelings. If you read it in Revelation, he says, I know your deeds. I know your deeds. How do I know you're not passionate? I know your deeds. Passion's about action. Passion is about walking in the things that God has put in our hearts. Remember one Sunday sitting beside a young woman in church and, you know, and, and there are personality types and there are people who, you know, hoot and toot and holler and all the rest of it. And then there's others of us that are quieter. And, and I tend to get slightly more excited in worship. And this young woman was sitting, standing beside me and, you know, there wasn't a twitch. She was just standing there. And I thought, this is how judgmental you can get. She's not very passionate about Jesus. And this was going on in my mind. And then at some point in the service, they invited her up. I didn't know who she was. And she began to talk about a work that she was involved in, in, in Africa and, um, and with kids. And boy, was she passionate. She was so passionate when it came to talking about those things. And I realized, you know, passion isn't about a, a personality type. It's not about feelings. It's about how we act. And there's a young man, and you're sort of sitting slightly behind the pillar, and you've got... And I think something of that des describes you, that you're not a hooter-tooter person, but you are a deep thinker. You are a deep thinker. And the Lord says, I have put deep passions in your life. And, and I do think that there's something in you um, that, that is, is about um, that, that old David thing going against uh, Goliath and defeating giants. There is something in you that has the ability to speak up for those who don't have a voice. And something in you that, um, you know, a cry for justice on the inside of you. And I really believe that the Lord is saying, your passion will lead to action and action that will make significant difference in people's lives. And I feel like the Lord is saying, be comfortable about who he has made you to be. Be comfortable in your own skin. Because when God looks at you, he is absolutely delighted with how he has created you. He's delighted with the fact that you're a young man who thinks deeply and considers things 
things and makes considered choices. And I just feel as if the Lord wants to encourage you in that and encourage you as you continue to develop your relationship with him. And he says that as you think those things through and those passions on the inside of you are going to have led to action and are going to continue to lead you to act in a way that will make a difference in the life of others. And so for all of us, we can be passionate because God has created us that way because we are image bearers. And if we let him come to us this morning, that he will just again say, I am, I'm passionate about you, passionately in love with you. And I want to ignite that same passion in your heart, a passion for him and a passion for the things that are important to him. And then to act that out in our everyday lives, the things that God has put on our hearts. I'm going to ask the worship band to come and join me. And why don't we stand together? And just as Leon encouraged us at the beginning to take a moment. To take a moment and remind ourselves about what Jesus has done for us. You know, there was a young man in the 18th century who was called Count Zinzendorf. And he was a nobleman. And at 19 years of age, he saw a portrait of Jesus with a crown of thorns on his head. And as he considered what Jesus had done for him, he decided to leave behind the life, a pampered life of nobility, and give himself to Christian mission. And the Moravians were birthed. Missionaries who went to the far corners of the earth. And their vision statement in a day when people didn't have vision statements was winning for the lamb the reward of his suffering. He got such a picture of what Jesus had done for him that it birthed a passion in him to reach men and women for Jesus. So Father, we come to you this morning and we say, Lord, here I am. Thank you for loving me. Thank you, Lord, for designing me the way you have designed me. Will you ignite a fresh passion in me for you and for your kingdom, Lord? Will you show me where I fit in this and what you want me to give myself to? I want to make this year count, Lord. I really want to make this year count. I don't want to waste it. I don't want to waste time on, on things that are unimportant. I too, with our keyboard player, want to seek first your kingdom and trust that all these things will be added. Spirit of God, will you come? Will you stir our hearts today? And we're just going to begin to worship. And it's okay to let the Lord come and challenge you and touch you where you are. But I just feel like for some, you need that fresh touch of the Holy Spirit in your life. 
Perhaps for some of you, you have never had that experience of being completely baptized in the Holy Spirit, immersed in the Spirit, letting the Spirit of God come and fill you to overflowing. You know, even that can be a quiet experience, but you just know that he has filled you. If you would like some of us to pray for you, either to be baptized in the Spirit or to be refilled and re-envisioned and that passion to be reignited, then as we begin to worship, please come forward and give us the privilege of praying for you. So come, Lord, and touch us afresh. In Jesus' name.